We'd like to welcome you back to part two of our current event and weekly Bible study for May 18th, 2008. May 18th, 2008. Now we're going to talk about the source of Todd Bentley's power that he openly admits. And this section will be entitled, Emma, the Demon of the Abode of Hell. So speaking of angels, that's another power source of power Bentley claims to have been working with him. The parallel passage to the description of Lucifer in Isaiah 14 is the 28th chapter of Ezekiel. Here God further describes his archenemy as one who has great love for treasure or riches. Contrast that with Bentley's focus on riches as documented in an article entitled Angels and the Florida Healing Revival Warning, written by Andrew Strom, who is a historian of the charismatic movement. He quoted Bentley from an article Bentley wrote in 2003 called Angelic Hosts. In this article, Bentley wrote, quote, So when I need financial breakthrough, I don't just pray and ask God for my financial breakthrough. He doesn't just do that. Now, isn't that blasphemy? It's, it's as though it's this light trivia. He doesn't just do that, ask pray and ask God for financial breakthrough. He goes on to say, I go into intercession and become a partner with the angels. He comes. He, the only thing he's becoming with is a partner with the fallen angels and the demons. But he becomes a partner with the angels by petitioning the Father for the angels that are assigned to getting me money. Again, where is this in the New Testament or in the Bible anywhere? I didn't realize there was angels that were assigned to getting me money and that I had to go through them. The Bible says there's one mediator between God and man, the man Christ Jesus. Not Mary, not angels, not some saint. You go through Jesus Christ alone. So, then he goes on to say, Father, give me the angels in heaven right now that are assigned to get me money and wealth. This is a quote from this article. He wrote. Another thing I should say, that um, essentially everything that we're going into today is all referenced. I mean, this isn't stuff we're making up here. And it's so obvious and flagrant what they're doing on TV as well, so... And then he goes on to say in this quote, And let those angels be released on my behalf. Nothing like being really self-centered in prayer. And then he says, Let them go into the four corners of the earth and gather me money. End of quote. <laughs> That's not too self-serving. Oh no, uh-uh. Even though the Bible says the love of money is the root of all evil, evidently this is how we should focus our prayer life and do it by partnering up with the angels. So Todd's money-gathering angel is one named Emma. Who his good friend, Bob Jones, now this isn't Bob Jones of Bob Jones University, but this is Bob Jones of the Kansas City Prophets. But who his good friend, Bob Jones, who is a discredited prophet, who was disciplined for using his, quote, prophetic office to get women to address for him. That's Bob Jones among other things. We don't have time to go down every rabbit trail today, but his good friend Bob Jones credits this Emma angel with the birthing. Remember how I said last week they're trying to birth something into the spirit world? Well, he credits this angel Emma with birthing the discredited Kansas City prophet movement of the late 1980s. In Bentley's own words, Todd Bentley's own words, here's, here we go with a big quote here. Quote, twice, Bob Jones asked me about this angel that was in Kansas City in 1980. So this angel, and we're going to see this Emma angel goes way back, even before that. Bob Jones says, Todd, have you ever seen the angel by the name of Emma? He asked me as if he expected that angel was appearing to me. Well, these, these supposed prophets if what they're saying is true, have had their third eye opened in an occult way, and many times they do see into a spirit. Well, now I'm not saying God can't open your eyes where you can see a good angel, or what, but I'm saying this is something that's commonplace for them. It's just like, you know, hey, I see it all the time. 
So he goes on to say, he asked me as if he expected the angel was appearing to me. Surprised, I said, Bob, who's Emma? He told me that Emma was the angel that helped birth and start the whole prophetic movement in Kansas City in the 1980s. She was a mothering type of angel. <laughs> that helped nurture the prophetic as it broke out. I think I'm going to start waxing poetic here. And then I said, within a few weeks of Bob asking me about Emma, I was in a service in Beulah, North Dakota. In the middle of the service, I was in a conversation with Ivan and another person when in walks Emma. As I stared at the angel with open eyes, the Lord said, his Lord, his father the devil said, here's Emma. I'm not kidding. She floated a couple inches off the floor. It was almost like Catherine Kuhlman in those old videos where she wore the white dresses and looked like she was gliding across the platform. We've done a whole study on Catherine Kuhlman. If you want to key that one in, you can hear that too. Emma appeared beautiful and young, about 22 years old. But she was old at the same time. Imagine that. She seemed to carry the wisdom and virtue and grace of Proverbs 31 on her life. A female angel coming in. There's no biblical precedence for a good female angel anywhere in the Bible. Now, I've done a whole study on this. That you can. I'm going to try to include this with my email for this. The, the uh, female angels. It's all you'd have to type, type in. Really, angels even. You'll find it. If you type it in my keyword box. Female angels. Oh yeah, they're talked about in the Old Testament once. And it said this is wickedness. And it had to do with, it was all connected with Babylon and Shinar. It was bad, real, real bad. So you can click on that and listen to that too. But then it go, he goes on, to, is quoted as saying, Emma, she glided into the room emitting brilliant lights and colors. Kind of like the angel of light, you know, that... Satan said it's no marvel if he can transform them. <clears throat> and then, Emma carried these bags and began pulling out gold out of them. Then, as she walked up and down the aisles of the church, she began putting gold dust on the people. Wow, gold dust. Well, now we know where the gold dust, the jewels, the gold fillings, and all the other junk's coming from. They're openly admitting it from fallen angels. And then it goes on to say, within three weeks of that visitation, the church had given me the biggest offering I had ever received to that point in the ministry. Yeah, well, Prince of this world has blessed you. You're of your father the devil, and of his works we would do, and you're doing a good job, Todd. So he's going to bless you financially because he knows that's where your heart is. And he knows that's what will keep you serving him, among other things. Line signs and wonders and all these other things. Yeah, he'll work through you, Todd, if you give him that opportunity. Just get a few more hundred tattoos on you. Tattoos are demonic. Absolutely, totally demonic. I truly believe when you get a tattoo, it's adopted demon time. They're addictive. People that get them have to keep getting them. They tend to get more evil. The people that are tattoo artists many, many times are Satanists. They bless their needles before they do their artwork, meaning they curse them. That's how they make their money, too. A form of the occult. And we're forbidden to do it. But he got his biggest offering ever after three weeks of this visitation. See, that's why, you know, don't marvel that when these people become more rich and seem like they're becoming more and more prosperous and, and further and further deception, God's just permitting it to happen. It's part of the strong delusion that the Bible clearly predicted was going to happen. So don't let that sway you to think it's of God just because there's healings and gold dust and prosperity and money. Satan can imitate all that. Give you all that in the world. He'll do whatever it takes to get you into hell. If you open the door and you permit it, the door to be open and you put yourself under this bondage and you allow yourself to be overcome, he'll do whatever it takes to deceive you. And then he goes on to say, 
well, let me just read this last line again. The, the church had given me the biggest offering I had ever received to that point in my ministry. Thousands of dollars. Thousands. He's, he's, he's screaming here. Exclamation marks. During this visitation, the pastor's wife, now this was an assembly of God, good, strict Pentecostal church. During the visitation of this Emma, the pastor's wife got totally whacked out by the Holy Ghost. Blasphemy. He got totally whacked out by the Holy Ghost? That's you really treading ground there. I wouldn't want to go. I mean, where is it that where you cross that line and you actually blaspheme the Holy Spirit? You're attributing an evil work to the Holy Spirit. What was this evil work? How did this pastor's wife get, quote, whacked out? Well, she began running around, barking like a dog around the church, or squawking like a chicken as a powerful, prosthetic spirit came over her. Pastor's wife. So much for the way that women should behave in the church. Everything should be done in decency and order. Fleeing all appears of evil. Oh, so much for all that. We're in the new wine, Doug. The new wave, the river. Also, as this prophetic anointing came over her, now remember, I'm still quoting from Todd Bentley, she started getting phone numbers of complete strangers and calling them up on the telephone and prophesying over them during the church service. Complete strangers phone numbers. Then angels started showing up in the church. And you know what? I bet a lot of those phone numbers were people that were receptive to what she was saying. And she, pro she might have even nailed the prophecies. It's no different than the demonic communication that takes place when you go to a seance, or a necromancer, or a psychic. The demonic interplay, not to say they get it right every time. But if they do, there's demonic reasons. It's called demonic communication. The demons can communicate on a level where we can't see or hear. And if they can use that communication as a tool to deceive you, all the better. Maybe she tapped into the Dion Warwick Psychic Friends Hotline. Oh, sorry, I forgot they went bankrupt because so many people sued them because they got it wrong so many times. So I just wanted to throw that one in. Bentley also claims, now that was the end of that quote, but Bentley claims his angel also assisted William Branham in his healing ministries in the 1960s. So now we're going back to the 1960s. Branham called the Trinity a pagan doctrine. Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Called it a pagan doctrine. Branham always claimed that he could do no healings until his angel showed up. Who's getting the glory here? Who's getting the glory? An angel? Sounds like it to me. Not Jesus Christ. An angel. Bentley refers to his angel as the angel of the Lord and also waits upon Emma for signs and wonders to manifest. According, However, according to Bible scholars, the term angel of the Lord is an Old Testament reference to the pre-incarnate Christ. That's a theory, but I think they make a strong case. It seems that Emma is really overstepping her bounds to be referred to as the angel of the Lord. Well, yeah, that's an understatement. This same Emma is credited with showing up in revivals, spreading gold dust, and dropping gems around. Now, if you had listened to my teaching on, it's called, My Trip Down Charismania Lane. And again, you could just do trip, if you wanted just to do that one word in the uh, search box, and it'll find it for you. Uh, Doug and I went to a local meeting of this David Herzog guy, and they, they had supposedly manifested jewels and gold dust and all kind of, you know, tooth fillings being changed and all kind of lying signs and wonders. And we sat there the whole night, well, not the whole night, for probably a couple hours, prayed against this, and there wasn't one thing that happened in that meeting that night. They didn't even report on it that they were giving daily reports on his newsletter. They didn't even report on that particular night. Nothing, I don't believe, happened. But see, that's the power of prayer. And it was so loud, the music was so loud, and, and the, there was such chaos, that we could pray freely, very loud, and nobody even heard us, because it was that loud. It was like a rock concert. Actually, it assisted us. Now, if we weren't doing God's service, 
and we were doing something evil, don't you think God would have dealt with us at that point? Or pointed us out to be the real Charlotte? No, it didn't happen. Nothing happened on their end. I kept praying for the fear of God to be upon that place, and for the Lord's will to be done. And for His name to truly be glorified, not this, this thing that was going on. And it was a spur-of-the-moment thing we did, but I tell you what, you know, it just shows. What they're doing is of the devil. So if we go further, Emma, who is she? The Encyclopedia Britannica defines Emma O as a demon ruler in hell. Now I'm looking at a picture of this Emma O who in Japanese Buddhist mythology was the overlord of hell. Judges, She was the judges of the souls of men. The sinner is sent to one of the 16 regions of fire or ice assigned him by the MO for a fixed period of time until the next rebirth. This whole ties in with reincarnation. So MO was actually the overlord of hell in Japanese Buddhist mythology. Another online encyclopedia confirms... Emma's identity, the folklore of Chinese Taoism and Japanese Shintoism was naturally embodied in the mythology of the Buddhists. And we find, therefore, in the temples innumerable representations of hell with all their traditional belongings. Emma is the stern judge of the Mifu, or the Dark Tribunal. Watching Bentley do his circus act can be very nauseating. He imparts his Emma spirit on the young people who come up for a touch. He flings evil spirits upon them while yelling blah blah blah, whatever he means by that, and accumulates it with the slain in the spirit with the world BAM. Because when he lays hands on people, he's praying in tongues and then he goes BAM! And, and they fall over. And um, A lot of times the people just say all he's doing is pushing them over. Why would he scream BAM over the people? A clue is in his own words, taken from the Secret Place CD of the Fresh Fire Conference referenced earlier. Bentley says, quote, We're like little chickens. We're pretty defenseless. And sometimes we're just going through life pecking away. And then the wolf comes, and we don't even see it coming. BAM! He's got you. He's mocking you. I believe this man's a Satanist. I don't believe he's just deceived. I believe he's a Satanist. These, these Pentecostal ministers are becoming so overt, that so flagrant, that they are Satanists. And again, this is one of the reasons I came out of the Pentecostal movement, because I watched a 20-hour video series on the Toronto Revival, Pensacola, and where they were, they were going and they were slowing down the tongues. Sometimes they were back-masking tongues. They were showing what Benny Hinn, Kenneth Copeland, uh, Rodney Howard Brown were saying in their tongues, sometimes off when they when they didn't think they were being recorded. And I could come to no other conclusion when I was done watching that 20 hours of video. And I could give you the quotes. I've got the quotes saved in a uh, word format or in a document. But I could come to no other conclusion that these men were Satanists. Not just deceived ministers, but flat out Satanists. Of their father the devil and of his works they will do. So when he says this, we're like little chickens, we're pretty defenseless. And again, we hearken back to that verse, of whom a man is overcome, the same he is brought into bondage. If you go to one of these things, as a baby Christian, or not even a Christian at all, you're just deluded and deceived, you're like a little chicken, you are pretty defenseless, that's true. I mean, unless the Lord intervenes. And then it says, and then the wolf comes, that would be Todd Bentley, or anyone like him. And we don't even see it coming, no, because they don't see it coming. Bam! He's got you. Exactly right. I probably couldn't have said it much better myself. Bam! He's got you. And these people that are getting these healings, you're not going to do one thing to talk them out of this. It doesn't matter what truth I put in front of them. All they know is they got healed and it has to be of God. Even though it was done in the most unbiblical way possible, it doesn't matter to them doesn't matter. It's just like trying to convince a Catholic that the Marian apparitions are demonic. It doesn't matter to them, because if they've seen it, or been there, or done it, or been brainwashed by it, it doesn't matter what the Bible says. It, it's irrelevant, because they're going by their feelings, and their heart, and they've been 
deluded. They've given heed to seducing spirits and doctrines of devils. They've been overcome, and they've been brought into bondage. And unfortunately for most of them, their conscience has been seared with a hot iron. They have no conviction anymore of sin. They think that they're doing God's service, and they're doing the devil's service. And if you have no more conscience, how do you get saved? How can you get convicted of sin if your conscience has been seared? And a really scary thought is, how do you get it unseared? How do they get, well, how, what hope do they have? I don't know, maybe they've crossed the line. We don't just get chance after chance after chance to get saved. The Spirit of God will not always strive with man forever. It just doesn't, you know, it's just like He gives you 4,000 chances to get saved. Some people say, well, bless God, I'll get saved on my deathbed. No, you won't. You won't be able to. Many, many accounts of people that said that, and they want to get saved on their deathbed, but they can't. They can't do it. Unless the Spirit draw off you, you can't get saved. The Holy Spirit. So, all of this is pretty scary stuff. And what's even scarier is what Bentley is endorser, whose name is Wendy Alec, who is the co-founder of God TV. What did she prophesy regarding the latest outpouring of the unholy spirit? Oh yeah, she's a prophetess. Wendy Alec, co-founder of God TV. You know, it just gets better and better. She said, quote, This is just the warm-up party. For what shall you see... For what you shall see in the coming days shall make even these days pale. Like pale in comparison. With what I have up my sleeve, and I will tell you, my son, that this is that I that this that I pour out upon you upon Florida shall flow to the east. So it's going to flow to the east. If he's pouring out in Florida, it's flowing to the east. That means it would start to go over into like Europe and Africa and these types of places. So in other words, what's going on in Lakeland now is going to actually pour out into the east. This is a prophecy that Wendy Allen, co-founder of God TV, said regarding this stuff that's going on in Lakeland right now. And she, she was acting as though she was a mouthpiece of God. And it's, I find it kind of funny when it says, For what you, you shall see in the coming days shall make even these days pale. Now this is like supposedly God talking. What I have up my sleeve, with what I have up my sleeve, and I will tell you, my son, that this that I pour out upon you upon Florida shall flow to the east. So, we have the Holy Spirit supposedly saying, what I have up my sleeve, which is a term of deception. Like the Holy Spirit would use deception in a magician's language to relay a message from God. Does God have something up his sleeve? Of course not. These words emerge from the pit of hell, where Emma... Oh, rules. Now, let's get into some emails that I've received regarding this. This is from um, one of my dear listeners, and uh, she came out of the charismatic movement. And um, she was the one that told me this David Herzog guy was going to be in my hometown. And <clears throat> she, uh, she's she been listening to myself and Pastor Slattery, and she says, she writes emails me this week, <clears throat> this was from May 13th, she says, Hi Scott, last week after hearing what Brother Slattery had to say about heretic Todd Bentley, I decided to watch a few minutes of this nutcase for myself. More in the interest of seeing what my parents may be heading towards as their next church seems to follow around this trail. So see, her parents are still caught up in this stuff. Okay? Well, the first time I watched... I. I saw the typical radical preaching with the whole BAM thing going on. Remember, he does this BAM thing to everybody. With the whole BAM thing going on. But last Monday or Tuesday, whoa, the second time I watched this tattooed freak, I couldn't believe what I was hearing or seeing. I know as funny as it sounds, it was an appointed time for me to understand just how downright depraved these people are getting. The following is what I saw. When I first clicked over, there was a woman scantily clad with hideous horror makeup on. You know, the black eyeliner surrounding the eyes that you can see from a mile away, not to mention the lipstick. But I got to give her that her hair was long and neatly kept. Anyway, 
Anyways, this woman was singing over and over again. Now, this is during the Todd Bentley Lakeland Ignite Church thing that we're hearing about. She was singing over and over again. This woman that looked like a whore. Quote, I want to be a laid-down lover. Let me say that again. I want to be a laid-down lover with you, Jesus. End of quote. Yeah. That's scary. I don't even like saying those words. I'm just quoting from this email. It was sultry. I was shocked beyond anything in my 35 years of life I could have ever brought me. I listened for about five minutes just trying to get this into my mind that these people were really doing going down this direction. During this time, I was privy um, to Bentley laid out flat on his back. Todd Bentley laid out flat on his back with the floors on the floor with hands in the air praying saying oh yes Lord make me your lover Bentley's saying this you talk about no fear of God on a lower stage people from the audience were streaming down and grabbing up pieces of the floor for themselves I don't know how they are getting pieces of the floor but they wanted to have some trinket of this Lakeland thing, so that they maybe that th- these people believe that they can take stuff from meetings and it still has the anointing on it. I know I've been there, you know, in that, in that particular environment way back. Uh. At this point, I had more than I could stomach, so I changed the channel to the weather. A short time later, I turned back to the channel, and what I saw stamped out any doubt of what of what could have ever tried to root itself there. As I turned back, the preacher was off the floor now. This was, uh, I don't know if this was Bentley or the other one, but he was off the floor with the typical rant and rave preaching. I mean, he was hollering at the top of his lungs and just carrying on like a fool. But what he was saying during this supposed time of teaching set my ears on fire. Bentley, uh, was Bentley. Bentley was talking about burning for Jesus. I want to burn for you, I want to burn for you. These are quotes. I thought to myself, don't worry, you'll be burning soon enough, but it won't be for Jesus, you devil. While the tattooed freak man was going on, the aforementioned said woman was behind him on her keyboard, making a mantra out of his comments. You know how they do that, like you see that sometimes in the old-timey revivals, where they'll have somebody in the organ, and they're making... She's actually repeating what this man's saying. This horse woman. The people who were poured around the front were all now standing and lifting up their hands in worship. Then I saw it. In the midst of the crowd, a man now stood there, arms up, plain, plain as day, displaying the Hail Satan, Hail Satan Cornudo sign. So now they're flashing the Hail Satan sign at Lakewood Church with the Todd Bentley revival. That really shouldn't even surprise us at this point. I mean, my mouth about hit the floor. At that point, I really couldn't stomach anymore, and I turned off the TV. God bless you, and keep you until that day. Okay, now, this relates to another thing that I'm going to get into now. I sent out an email a little ways back, and, well, actually, I shouldn't, but before I say that, I had a guy then email me, and he said, Hey, Dr. Johnson, I don't know if you've seen these pictures, but before... Uh, before, but the following link has pictures of orbs and other things um, which are actually pretty scary to look at. I thought you might be interested. Now, this is a website to a charismatic Pentecostal website of this guy, particularly this ministry from a guy named Gary Oates. I never really heard of him before. But it ties into what we're talking about here. Now, I'm going to read you part of an email that I sent out before. After my teaching entitled, My Recent Trip Down Charismania Lane, and I talked about this earlier, I had several inquiries about the denominic phenomenon of what they call orbs. Okay, Now, orbs are something that you'll see a lot of times if you've ever seen any of those haunted house shows. And they have these paranormal researcher investigators, and they go, and sometimes they'll pick up these orbs in haunted houses, and they're these little balls of opaque, they look like bubbles, kind of 
floating around, and they're typically where there's a lot of demonic uh, activity. Okay? Um, I had taken a... I didn't take it, but my parents had taken a picture uh, of a party they were having. Now, my parents are both unsaved. They had this New Year's Eve party a couple years ago. And my unsaved parents threw a New Year's Eve party then, and there is a picture I had sent out of a man with an orb over his body. Actually, he had several orbs in this particular picture. This this is a classic picture of an orb, and he is surrounded by a almost like a demonic fog that no one can really explain. Now, in paranormal research, the fog is called an ectotrail or spirit fog. This is paranormal researcher now, okay? But it's demonic, okay? It's essentially what we've got going on here. This would be paranormal researcher's dream. Over the course of the night of this New Year's Eve party, there were at least 30 to 40 orbs were photographed, and the man that the orb appears over is a man named David Johnson, and he is the bass player for the famous slash demonic Neville Brothers blues hard rock or blues rock band. They're out of New Orleans. He's the bass player Neville for the Neville Brothers. His name is David Johnson. Okay, he lives locally in our area. My parents know him. They get him every year at New Year's Eve if he's not out on tour to come and be the DJ for the party and play his various and sundry instruments. The guy looks totally evil. Okay, just totally evil. Like I said, and when I say I've come out a lot of this stuff, you know, this is how I grew up. You know, I'm not saying that I grew up in some pristine Christian environment. I didn't even get saved until I was 24, and all I had before that was wickedness. So I've kind of been there, done a lot of this stuff. My mom was invo- still is involved in, like, New Age, things of this nature. So, um, and again, people say, oh, no, 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 you're getting crazy again. Let's just repeat Ephesians 6, 12, and 13. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rules of darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Wherefore, take unto you the whole armor of God, that you may be able to withstand the evil day, and having done all, to stand. Put on the full armor of God, because you are in a spiritual battle. So, we have this picture of these orbs, and then I clicked into this site that this, that this guy asked me if I had ever seen, of this Gary Oates site, and I see the first picture is from Gary Oates Ministry, and there's a caption under it. Now, this is promoting this, the saying that this is holy, again, calling something evil that's, uh, something, something that's evil good. He says, I've seen many pictures with what we call angel balls. Now, this is from Gary Oates. But never this many in one picture. They call them angel balls. Paranormal research, they're well known to be demonic. And they look exactly the same. But in this, um, uh, he's never seen this many orbs in one picture. Neither have I. There's literally, it looks to be thousands of orbs in this one praise meeting they're having where they're waving their play, praise flags. One lady is waving a uh, Jewish uh, flag. Okay, the flag of Israel with a hexagram on it. The word hex means to curse. Six-pointed star. The highest symbol in all of witchcraft. It's no wonder. And we've got all these demonic manifestations that they're calling good. This, this uh, website is www.garyoats.org Here's another picture of one of his uh, things. This looks like it's in Africa. Tons of orbs, and it looks like half the, the right side looks like they're on fire. Here's another picture taken during Gary Oates' ministry with a digital camera. This lady's laying down, and her arms aren't down, but it shows like this ghost picture of her arms still up in praise. It's like a it's like her arms aren't really there, but but the camera is capturing this apparition where her arms still appear to be up in praise, where she's laying flat on the ground. Very weird looking stuff. Now, I will give you the link, I'll try to get you the link to this, within the PDF that will be attached to this sermon. So, if you want documentation, click into the PDF. I've usually got a PDF associated with every single teaching I do, just about. Unless, if I can't do a PDF... I'll provide you a link, and you can go and research this for yourself. Now, here's another picture of beautiful gemstones have reportedly just appeared in worship meetings or in worship times. These pictures have been taken by my friend Carla Reed. Shows these six gigantic gemstones. I mean, these are huge. They've got to be, they look to be about 50 carats each. 
I don't know what type, I don't know if they've been authenticated, but supposedly these things are turning up all over. And we've already read that Emma O. walks the aisles and puts down gold dust, gives people, you know, new dental work and uh, with gold fillings and puts these gemstones down. Look at where they're coming from. And at last count, I heard there are 30... Three gemstones in possession at this one church alone, and they be, believe, and I believe they're probably being demonically told, that these gemstones are being given to them because they're ultimately going to be given for the rebuilding of the third temple. You know, the third temple, the one that has to be rebuilt? So the Antichrist can come back and commit the abomination of desolation in the middle of the tribulation and proclaim himself to be God, and then starts the great tribulation? Yeah, that same temple. Here's another picture, which an angel visiting a church in uh, Santa Monica, they got their big drum set up there, and it, it has this, it's like a scarlet red winged angel. Winged angels are, are, again, another, female winged angels could only be demonic. There's no biblical precedence for them at all. The only winged beings in the Bible it talks about that were good were the cherubim and the seraphim, but regular angels do uh, do not manifest with wings. And again, I get into this on my female angel presentation. You can do a keyword search. But this angel's up in the air flying around. Looks pretty demonic. And then the last picture, well, there's a couple more, but this last picture is a picture of a crowd, and half of the crowd appears that they're burning in flames. The left-hand side. And the other side, the right side, appears that they're not. And here's the caption they have. It says, as you can see, the Holy Spirit allowed this manifestation of himself as fire to be photographed. So again, they're attributing something to the Holy Spirit that, you know... Uh, and then it says, no doubt, this is similar to what was seen by Moses at the burning bush. Give me a break. And then it says, the children of Israel in the wilderness and the early church. Interesting, you can see the fire on the left where the people are passionately worshipping God. These are the ones that have their hand raised high, you know, probably praying in tongues... Slain in the spirit, these types of things. That's where the fire is. Is where these people are passionately worshipping God. But on the right, where they are not so interested, and it seems as though these people on the right seem to have more of a skeptical look on their face, they're not raising their hands, there's no fire. If God would open our eyes during our own worship times, we would see a similar thing. Yeah, I wish He would open our eyes. I really do. As I, as I said, these people would flee in abject terror. Now, I've got another picture of Todd Bentley's promotion. I found this on the internet, and it's called Canada Ablaze. And it shows um, a picture of a, I think it's Toronto, and it's got, it shows like the foreground of the city, and then it has in the back, it's pure flames. And there's a Canadian flag back there, and it, and it looks like the whole city's on fire. And it's presented by Fresh Fire Ministries, which is Todd Bentley's ministry. And it's always about flames. And then another one called Texas Ablaze. And that's his Signs and Wonders conference. And it shows a little map of Texas that's starting to burn up. How ironic. I believe these Satanists that are running this stuff are just sitting back and just chuckling about this. They probably think this is hilarious. That the Christians are buying this stuff. Hook, line, and sinker. Here's another email I got this week regarding God TV. Dear Dr. Johnson, I am not going to go into details. He says that right off the bat. I'm not even going to give this guy's name because he said that. I don't even want to. But he says, but enough to say that my family has been torn apart by the witchcraft that went on in Lakeland with Todd Bentley these past weeks. His family's already been torn apart and it's only been going on for a matter of weeks. That's some of the fruit of this particular, quote, revival. Thousands of Pentecostals in Central Florida have fallen for it hook, line, and sinker. And I think the root of all this is evil, or at least a big factor, is the TV channel, God TV. Pentecostals are addicted to this channel and they fall for anything that's promoted here. Do you have any info on it? Thank you. Well, we'll probably be doing a study on that soon. I just couldn't delve into that today, other than what I've already said about the co-founder of God TV and her prophecy. Now, here's an email I got from a, uh, a listener. And she said, um, Hey, Dr. J, below is an email sent to check up on... I'm not even going to give her name. 
Just say it starts with a K. A 14-year-old I told you about that has been in severe pain and hospitalized for six months. I'm trusting the Lord has made her whole, but I'm skeptical. The BAM man told her that she would carry this anointing. Now this is a girl who got healed. She got healed, supposedly. The BAM man, Todd Bentley, told her that he would carry, she would carry this anointing to IHOP in Kansas City. What is IHOP? Not International House of Pancakes. International House of Prayer. It's all linked up with the Kansas City prophets, the Elijah list, manifested sons of God, all that messed up stuff, dominionism, that's what it's associated with. He told this girl that got healed that she would carry the same anointing to International House of Prayer in Kansas City. He is definitely not of the Lord Jesus, it's obvious to me, so God is sovereign, I realize that, but it's flustering how sincere believers that seem to seek the Lord with all their hearts can walk in this deception and then become carriers of it. See, they're infected by it now. They're brought into bondage and now they're being set forth to bring others into bondage under the same deception. doesn't matter how unbiblical what is going on in these meetings are, as long as they get healed, that's all that matters. Because only God can heal. That's a lie. That's, that's a lie. Satan can heal, and that's how he's going to come with all lying signs and wonders and miracles. It's the chief way he's going to deceive everybody. So, he's definitely not of the Lord Jesus. Uh... Then she says, I'll keep you posted. Any thoughts would be appreciated. I know I was deceived at one time about the Pentecostal charismatic mania, and I was a sincere seeker. Thank God he opened my eyes to this deception. But it's a bit confusing to me that apparently she is better, and I am glad of it, and now a 14-year-old is carrying this virus to others. Thank you for your time. Now, this is the actual email that was sent to her by this girl's mother. Or dad. How is Kel... Just say K. How is K doing? This is from her dad. This is the girl that got healed at uh, Lakeland Revival. And again, I, I present this because I believe as Christians we need to be able to confront every single aspect of what's going on in there. I'm not just going to shy away from the people that are supposedly being healed. Because then they can come to you and say, Yeah, well, who cares what you say? I know I got healed. Well, we'll look at this. Her dad says she's doing amazing. Literally everywhere she gives testimony to what the Lord has done. What the Lord has done. Huh. Even though it was done through Todd Bentley and this, this fallen angel Emma. Hmm. And where, when she gives this testimony, guess what? Healing breaks out. So according to him, whether it's happening or not, I have no idea. She spoke here at IHOP for three services. So she was good... According to Todd Bentley, she went and did exactly what he said. She went to International House of Prayer for three services, and there were massive healings. You better know your Bible, Christian. Because the deception that's here, and that's coming, is going to be unlike anything you have ever, ever, ever witnessed, ever. You cling to the Word of God, and none other. You cling to the Lord Jesus Christ. And you pray that you're not deceived, because if it were possible, they shall deceive the very elect. You pray for humility and meekness and fear of God. This will keep you from this deception. Judge yourself that you will not be judged of God. I mean, obviously, there's many things that we should be doing in the Bible. I'm just mentioning some of the big ones. So, she spoke for three services at International House of Prayer. And there was massive healings. God is so good. Now, isn't that isn't that kind of blasphemous? They call it IHOP. How how you know how flippant? But they want to do it because it's catchy and whatever. God is so good. The blood work has all come back better than normal. Now, hey, she's even got blood work confirming this. Ooh, how do you explain this? She said spontaneously in the car the other day. I'm so happy. Music to our ears. Thank you for following up and contending with us for her healing. Agape. I won't even give her dad's a name. Okay. My response. After getting into this much further, this is my response. After getting into this much further since the last time we chatted, I am even more apprehensive. I am going to be doing a full study on this Lakeland Revival this Sunday. That's what we're doing today. If you have read my last couple of emails on this, you have ascertained that 
Todd Bentley heals primarily through an angel called Emma. My personal feeling is that the devil would heal a person all day long if that meant bringing them into bondage and blinding them to the truth. If someone, either a Christian or unbeliever, goes to a man like this, he is voluntarily opening the door to Satan or letting themselves be overcome by such an one. If Satan can corrupt or leaven the body of Christ enough, he knows there will be less and less Christians truly capable of contending for the faith and exposing him. That's the goal by Satan. Okay, you want the inside on what Satan's trying to do through this? I just read it. Now, granted, there may be other goals there, but I think that's the essence of it. And again, let's read 2 Peter 2.19. While they promise them liberty, like Todd Bentley, they themselves are the servants of corruption. For of whom a man is overcome, of the same he is brought into bondage. Now, she comes back in reply to that, and she says, Hey, thanks, I'm looking forward to your teaching. Anyway, could you tie in Luke 11, 17-20, in there, somewhere in your teaching? I'm seeking greater understanding of these scriptures, and how Satan would cast out Satan to deceive. Okay, good question. Let's go to Luke eleven seventeen. Luke 11, I'll open up right to it. Um, Luke 11, verse 17. King James Bible, but he knowing their thoughts. Okay, this is Jesus. Well, Jesus, okay, this was when Jesus was charged with casting out demons by Beelzebub. Um, well, let's just start at 14, because to get the full context... Jesus um, was, okay, and he was casting out the devil, and it was dumb. And it came to pass, when the devil was gone out, the dumb spake, and the people wondered. But some of them said he casted out devils through Beelzebub, the chief of the devils. They're saying this about Jesus, okay? And others, tempting him, sought of him a sign from heaven. But he, knowing their thoughts, said unto them, Every kingdom divided against itself is brought to desolation, and a house divided against itself against a house falleth. If Satan be divided against himself, how shall his kingdom stand? Now, this is a good question. Because somebody's going to come and say, yeah, what about this? Well, hey, let's let's talk about this. Let's, let's, let's reason this thing out. Like the Bible says, come, let us reason together, saith the Lord. Then it goes on to say in verse 18, but because ye say I have cast out devils through Beelzebub, and if I by Beelzebub cast out devils, by whom do your sons cast them out? Therefore shall ye be, shall they be your, Therefore shall they be your judges. But if I, with the finger of God, cast out devils, no doubt the kingdom of God has come upon you. When a strong man armed keepeth his palace, his goods are in peace. But when a stronger than he shall come upon him, and overcome him, he taketh from him all his armor, wherein he trusteth, and divideth his spoils. He that is not with me is against me, and he that gathereth not with me is scattering. Now we've already seen the fruits of this man. If he were of God, number one, he would be doing it God's way. He wouldn't, number one, look like the walking freak show that he is. Now, remember, he's gotten these tattoos and these piercings after he was in the ministry. He's willingly done this. There's so much you can look at as far as fruit goes. He doesn't try to heal through the Lord Jesus Christ. He does it through an angel called Emma. There's so many things that he's doing that contradict the word of God alone. We can know that what he's doing there is not of God. So my response to her is the main thing to keep in mind here with this portion of scripture and with what we're looking at with Todd Bentley and the whole healing Pentecostal movement, the main thing to keep in mind here is that are there any devils being cast out at all? Who's to say there are? Just because good old Todd goes up and lays hands on somebody, but you know what I'm reading? Didn't it say back there the people that get laid hands on them, they're in their drunken stupor, and they're walking around, and they don't even know what's town there, and they got burning through their veins or through their heads, they feel like they're being ripped apart by the, quote, Holy Spirit? Well, to me, it sounds like devils are being imparted to them. Not cast out. So when it says, if Satan, you know, if Satan be divided against himself, how should a kingdom stand? He's not divided against himself in this particular case. Todd, to, to compare Todd Bentley to Jesus Christ casting out devils is a polar opposite argument. It doesn't even hold weight. Because he is of his father the devil, and he is of his works he will do. He's imparting devils. Jesus Christ was actually casting them out. And the wicked Pharisees and Sadducees 
because they were trying to justify their own position, said he was doing it through the devil. We have two polar opposite extremes we're talking about here. Apples and oranges. Two totally different things. You can't compare Todd Bentley to Jesus Christ, in other words. Okay, so, then I, I go on to say, how could a demon-possessed man cast out devils? He's demon-possessed! How can he cast out devils? Just because he says he is doesn't mean he is. He's imparting them. It's obvious that he's imparting them. It's like a Catholic exorcist trying to do the same. These Catholic exorcists, you know, they, they crack me up. I mean, they go out there and, and they got to get the holy water, which is totally unbiblical, and all this other rigmarole, and use all their Catholic icons, and do all these other things, and strap people down. You know what? The devil's playing along with that whole charade. How can somebody evil, or part of an evil cult like Catholicism, truly cast out a devil? Now, let me ask you a question. Do you think... Taylor. No. Do you think that a person that is possessed by devils, whether it's a Catholic exorcist or Todd Bentley or whatever, you realize that the devils that are working and emanating and operating through these people, they know the score. They know what they're doing. It's a big game to deceive you. An unseen game that you can't see. So the, so the deck's kind of stacked against you because you can't see them. And you can't hear them. But they know how to deceive you. What I believe is that demons are actually being imparted to these people and some demons, this is important, some demons that have been causing either physical and or emotional problems in that individual that's supposedly receiving a healing are being told to lay low for a time to make the deception complete. It's like Satan basically saying, he's not divided against himself, all he's saying is, hey demon, demon of infirmity, I know you were causing this in this particular person. Lay low for a time. I doubt he's being cast out. In best case scenario, if that demon was cast out, he's been replaced by seven more worse than him. Maybe they're not spirits of infirmity, though. Maybe they're a different kind of devil. Think of all the possible scenarios here. Do you think Satan cares as long as he can get you deceived? He don't care. As long as he can get you deceived, that's what's going on, I believe. Now... Can I be 100% dogmatic about every single little thing I just said? No, but it seems the most logical explanation from a spiritual standpoint, knowing we're dealing with the father of lies. Let's go further. This is another article I'm quoting from. Um, the Apostle Paul, John forewarns, Beloved, believe not every spirit, but try the spirits, whether they are of God. This is 1 John 4. How do we try the spirits? Easy. Compare what the spirits are saying or doing with the Word of God. Easy. If people would go in there with an open King James Bible and start looking at Todd Bentley, number one, all you got to do is look at the guy. All you got to do is look at him to know he's not of God. Why would anybody do what he's done to his body? That's all you need, all you need to have. I mean, it's becoming so flagrant, but they don't see it. So, Try the spirits, whether they are of God, because many false prophets are gone out into the world. Many false prophets. Hereby know we the Spirit of God. Every spirit that confesses that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is of God, and every spirit that confesses not that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is not of God. And this is the spirit of Antichrist, whereof you you have heard, where you have hear, heard that it should come, and even now all we, already is in the world. The spirit of Antichrist is already in the world. Okay, now, if a spirit were to confess that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh, they would also believe his teachings. They would also believe in his doctrine. Okay? That's part of the package. You believe he's the King of Kings and Lord of Lords and, and you know, all of the other things that he said? Well, that's how we test. Certainly, as we look at this text, we see that Christians should be discerning the times and seasons. Numerous believers provide understanding to the involvement of the occult and cults. However, they choose to ignore the stunning fact that Satan is busily infiltrating many churches through supernatural New Age methods. These bewitching seeds of seduction have been 
have etched themselves into the landscape of the American Christian church for many years. The church has ignored the, su- the subtlety of Satan's tactics because the discerning of the Christian doctrines and the ministers has not been at the forefront of Christian teaching and preaching. Why is that? Because it's not popular. They may lose membership. They may lose money. They want to preach this light, fluffy, tickle-your-ears gospel. The sideline of a great deal of preaching consists of teaching concerning materialism, emotionalism, intellectualism, philosophy. When biblical foundations are weakened, the church loses its purpose, its power, and, and becomes religious instead of being powerful and faithful guardians of the precious blood of Jesus Christ and of His Word. This next article is entitled, Jesus' Death Mask. This is highly referenced, this next article. Jesus' Death Mask, Todd Bentley's Subliminal Tattoos, the Lakeland, Florida Revivalist. Todd Bentley, a Fresh Fire Ministry. Now, I'm looking right now at an upside-down picture of supposedly the face of Jesus... This is the Catholic face of Jesus, with a crown of thorns, and it's his death mask. He's dead. Okay, so he's got a picture of the Sananda Emmanuel, the Catholic Jesus that we, we see, tattooed on his body with the crown of thorns, and he's dead. He's got a picture of that on his body. That's one of his many, many, probably hundreds of tattoos on this guy's body. This is a picture of Todd Todd Bentley's raised arm reveals Jesus' death mask with a, he's saying it's a monkey etched in his beard as well. Now, I can't see it that well because we're dealing with a picture of a picture. And then he says above the tip of his beard is a subliminal, what they call Oni, which is a Buddhist guardian of hell. Jesus is also upside down, which is an old satanic depiction of him. They always are trying to put Jesus in this reversal fashion. In general, the Oni, which is very, very much tied in with Emma, O, as we're going to see, the Oni are fearsome, supernatural creatures. They have been described variously as guardians of the Buddhist hell that Emma rules over. Demons who act as torturers there, pranksters, devourers. Emma O, who is the king of hell, lives the good life in a large castle covered in gold, silver, pearls, and jewels in hell. Now, I got went up there and did a keyword search for Emma O, and I found this uh, Emma O, King of Hell, located in the Bajori Temple. Uh, this was a pilgrimage this particular guy took over in the Orient. Got a picture of him right here, and then I've got this other depiction of him. I mean, the thing looks flat-out evil. Now, in this depiction, Emma O is a man, or a, of a masculine figure. In Todd Bentley's depictions, Emma O shows up as a female angel. But, you know, what big, great stretch is that for a devil? They deceive, they, appear, they can appear as, you know, whatever you want them to appear as. So, the, the Bible says, <clears throat> in Galatians 1.8, if we are an angel from heaven, or an angel from heaven... This would be the M.O. If we, Todd Bentley, would be included in that, or an angel from heaven preaches any other gospel unto you, in this gospel, the gospel of Jesus Christ, let him be accursed. And it says it twice. So these people are under a curse because this is another gospel. This is not of God. You know? The only Buddhist guardian of hell is a subordinate to M.O. So now we know that ruling hierarchy and ranking here. So these Onis are subordinate to Emma O. The Oni devils are the hunters of sinners and carry away human casualties in a fiery chariot to Emma O in hell. Isn't that ironic? If you think about this guy's got these Onis actually tattooed on him. He is totally being guided by this Emma O angel and these, these Onis are devils, are hunters of sinners, and carry away the human casualties in a fiery chariot to M.O. If these people are allowed to continue in this down this path, and most of them will, because the Bible says, narrow is the way which leadeth to life eternal, and few there be that find it, that's exactly what's going to happen to them. When they die, and they end up going to hell, most likely these Onis are going to usher them into hell. Because these Onis are real demonic creatures, or fallen angelic, 
Here's a picture of Todd Bentley showing his Japanese kanji symbols on his tattooed arm. I mean, I'm talking the guy is covered in tattoos. And it shows these three symbols. Um, they think these symbols might actually mean M-O. They, they're, they're trying to decipher them right now. They're, they're called Japanese kanji symbols. Um, Yvette writes, this is a lady that wrote in regarding this, when I went into the, the Emma website, the characters changed regarding the, the characters that are uh, compared to his, um, the ones on his arm, changed, but they look very close to the tattoo on Todd's arm, Todd Bentley. She believes it is a tattoo about Emma O. I'm not exactly sure of the meaning the way it is written on his arm, but this is the tattoo. Candy Henderson says the first letter of his tattoo on his arm is the same as the Blair Witch logo. Now there was a Blair Witch I think called Project. It was some like kind of like this B-rated movie that they made about this occult film. And the, the first symbol on his arm is the first letter in the Blair Witch logo. Nice. What do you see in these strange markings? Do you believe a Christian would disobey the word of God and get these demonic signs tattooed on his body? Christians worldwide entranced by this body tattooed and pierced man called Todd Bentley and receiving his perverted new occult doctrines. He got these witchcraft oriented tattoos after preaching for some time. Well, he was a really a new creature for Christ. You know, behold, all things are passed away. Behold, all things are come new. Seems like now he's, you know, twice the child the devil he was probably before when he got saved. He says, Todd Bentley says, the angel called Emma O is a female angel. Now remember, please, reference my female angel teachings where I get into this in detail. Uh, and I'll try to send it with the email with this particular teaching. Emma O is a female angel that he was introduced to by another evangelist, Bob Jones, of the Kansas City Prophets. Bentley claims Bob Jones told him that Emma O was the angel that was leading the recent revivals in Canada and Brownsville in Florida. This is how important this devil is. Bob also told him that the same angel was the healing angel that walks the aisles when the late William Branham was evangelizing. Same one. Probably the same one with Catherine Kuhlman. Bob asked Bentley if he wanted Emma O to join his ministry. What do you do? Do you like get on her Christmas card list and write her? Emma O, you want to join? You want to pair up with me and join my ministry? Bentley agreed. And was ministering, and Emma O walked in. Bentley claimed the Lord told him that Emma O had just entered the meeting. Todd Bentley called Bob Jones an elder prophet and talked with him. He was the one, that, the prophet, that was trying to seduce women to take their clothes off for him. That, that Bob Jones. Anyway, Bob Jones was an elder prophet and talked with him for about an hour about the Florida outpouring here in Lakeland. Now, this is very recent. Here are the notes about their phone conversation they just had about this outpouring in Lakeland. On New Year's Eve 2008, God told Bob Jones, his God, I should say, his God told Bob Jones that the third wave was coming. Remember I said we were going to talk about the third wave? Todd asked Bob, what, what is the third wave? He said Toronto was the first wave. Pensacola was the second wave. And the third wave are the winds of change. Ooh. This move of God, this move will be a global move now. We're not just talking about one city. Lakeland's just the beginning. Remember what the Lady God TV said? So it's just the beginning. It goes, sweep the nation. Sweep the world. This move will be a global move. Traveling with signs and wonders to all the world. The third wave is here. It's begun. Now, guaranteed, the old third wave is going to come if it's, if it's what they say it is, and knowing that the Antichrist is going to come with all lines, signs, and wonders, it's going to be an absolute total conjunction with the Antichrist and his arrival, and I believe him to be Lord Maitreya. And you can reference my other teachings on Maitreya and the Ascended Masters to get a much better idea on that. Just key in either Maitreya or Ascended Masters and you get your boat loaded. So, as a sign that this wave would be released from the Northwest, Bob Jones shared that God said in the natural world there would be extreme winds and storms out of Canada and the Northwest this year. Doug, you're eating this up, aren't you? 
<laughs> yeah, he's having his kundalini awakened as we speak. Oh, sorry, we had to inject a little bit of levity in this. It said, we had these storms in the northwest this past winter, and the winds even now. Okay, so that was prophetic. These natural winds would be followed by the real winds of change. There would be, there would then be a move of the Holy Ghost, <coughs> excuse me, where entire towns would shut down by the power of the Spirit. Now, I haven't seen that happen yet, but I will say, Lakeland's the most likely candidate if it's going to happen. Remember, God's the one sending the strong delusion. He's permitting it to happen. Revival will come as a northwest wind. It was also mentioned to set your sail. Remember, you got to fill the old, the new, you know, we, we need uh, new wine, fresh wine too, and fresh fire, and the whole nine years. It was mentioned to set your sail, for the winds of change are, are a-blowing. <laughs> I'm sorry. There are 12 places specifically mentioned where revival will hit first, listed in the order mentioned below. Of course, I don't think it happened in this particular order, because they always get it wrong. God just does that to show you that it's false. Des Moines, Iowa, Omaha and Lincoln, Nebraska, Kansas City, Missouri, Denver, Colorado, Nashville, Tennessee, Lakeland, Florida, Ohio, Charlotte, North Carolina, Albany, Oregon, Washington, and Redding, California. Note, this of course is where a lot of sympathetic, heretical ministries are also, just by chance, located. Of course, I did not... I did quite a bit of shouting when Todd named Albany, New York. Now, this is from a person that's that's wanting this to happen. Okay, this is a quote from them. Um, I did a, quite a bit of shouting when the when Todd named Albany, New York, because evidently he lives there, or Albany, Oregon. I'm sorry, because he lives there. We have known that for some time revival was on the way to Albany, and yet when I heard it declared by the prophets, it was a glorious moment. For so, Albany and Oregonians rejoice and get your hands ready. I also mention also mention more countries where it is moving. First, England, Australia, and New Zealand. Bentley also teaches about the angel of the winds of change and financial angels. Oh yes, what would these financial angels look like? Would they have like big wallets that they carry? Well, I just want to know. I mean, they're demonic. Where they got a big gigantic wallet and they pull out gigantic like. $100 bills and throw them in the aisles? <sighs> Unbelievable. Financial angels. Truthfully, this new doctrine that's spewed out under the anointing of the angel of the wind of change is not scriptural, obviously. The word and the spirit will always agree. Therefore, angel of the winds of change is a fallen angel. This is the strangest heresy that I have ever heard in my 30 years, 33 years of ministry. That's this man that wrote this article quoting. So let me get this straight. A Japanese devil called Emma O, oh, who's the king of hell, is leading a worldwide revival that is being pushed by God TV Network and more than 126 million people nightly are being deceived by a minister that appears like a hell's angel biker. That's where we've come. Everything that I just said was just summed up in that last thing. That's, that's how far the old church has come. Of course, it's not the church of the Lord. It's an absolute total counterfeit. A poor counterfeit, I might add. Really poor. In our town and across the United States, mega churches are showing this strange revival by Bentley, screaming bam, and pushing people over on the floor. We are having a great outpouring of God, but what God is pouring out, this false revival. Now, I'm going to go ahead and stop there, and we'll go to part three next.